Welcome to episode 15 of the Hoop Threads podcast. We've got our first roundtable episode. Got some great basketball minds in the room. I'll let them introduce themselves. Jordan, why don't you start us off? Hey, I'm Jordan Linebacker, uh, lifelong jazz. I've got uh, my background here, headband Joe Ingles, uh, ready for the playoffs. <laughs> Tyler. Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm Tyler Saletti, uh, lifelong Mavs fan. Go Dirk. Long live the king. Uh, I'm Marcellus. I was a Bulls fan when I was a kid, and now I'm a Blazers fan since like eighth grade. Um, I think we're gonna win the championship. There you go. There you go. He's ready. All right. So I question number one: uh, the dream scenario for your team getting to the championship game. Let's start with Jordan. Uh, the dream scenario for the Jazz is that we could turn back time and Bojan uh, Bogdanovich wouldn't have been injured. Um, but we've, we've got a pretty good first-round matchup with the Nuggets, and we've matched up well with the Clippers if we were to get there in the second round. So I'm going to say there's a very low chance, but it is a non-zero chance that we could possibly make some noise. But what would have to happen is Donovan Mitchell's got to ascend, um, which he's shown doing. Um, small sample size and everything, but um, his catch-and-shoot three-pointer percentage has increased drastically in the bubble. Um, and that's the same um, kind of move that we saw from Bradley Beal recently. He kind of stepped up from a 25-point to upper 20s, 30-point-a-game score. So Donovan has shown he's got the room for growth. He's already excelled in the playoffs, taking out the Thunder um, a couple of years ago. So I think there's a possibility with Donovan um, just lighting it up and going supernova. And then Rudy um, probably going to be upset. I don't think he's getting that third Defensive Player of the Year award, unfortunately. It's probably going to go to Giannis, so you're going to get a pissed-off Rudy, and you're going to get a supernova Donovan. It happens. Um, again, it's a shot in the dark, but it's you're telling me there's a chance. I'd believe it. Got you. Let's go next with Seleni with the Mavs. I'm still shaking in my boots from a scary, angry Rudy. Spooky, <laughs> spooky Frenchman. All right, I mean, like, for the for the Mavs to make the finals, um, I don't know, like, Thanos would have to come back and, like, do, like, a snap. Uh, like, we, we all of a sudden, dudes would have to jump, like, their scoring averages by, like, 10 points a game. Like, realistically, like, I mean, injuries is the only – like, a ton of people is the only way that that could ever happen. But, you know, I mean, as a Mavs fan, like, like we're not – we know that, like, this year isn't our year. Like, this, you know, this is our first year being back in the playoffs – like we're we're just looking to like show that we can uh, that we can compete and that we're on the way, but uh, like fun fact, everybody knows that Dame has been going playing out of his mind in the bubble, but uh, Luca is actually the only player with at least a hundred minutes played in the bubble that has a better box plus minus than Dame, so I guess we got that going for us. But I mean, other, that, that's kind of about it. So. All right, so that's a great segue because he's talking about. He like Luca having to do all of this stuff, and he's the only player that's got a better, you know, box plus minus than Dame. And the Blazers are my team. I think we're going to the ship. Um, obviously, Dame's Dame is hot, and I think he's going to continue to be hot. Uh, he just had to go to this crazy stat just show one player that he's you know played at least on Dame's level. Obviously, I think that we're going to smack the the Grizzlies around in this playing game. We've only got to win once. Um, they're not even good. They don't have Jaron Jackson getting them out the way. Uh, we've got the Lakers next, who's going to guard Dame. Uh, Avery Bradley's at home. Uh, Rondo's hurt. They're getting them out the way. Um, next thing you know, we've got the Rockets. We played the Rockets four times. We beat them three times, getting them out the way. Um, next thing you know, we're going to probably have the Clippers. I think that the Clippers are pretty formidable. But they talked a lot of trash at Dame, 
and then he dropped 50 and then 60. So I think we're going to get them out the way, and then we're going to see whoever we got in the Eastern Conference Finals, which I'm going to save till later. But um, it's going to end up with Dame Lillard holding that trophy up and being the bubble MVP. Dame time. Dame time. Dame time. Feel confident. All right. Next question. Of the top three teams in each conference, who is an X Factor that's flying under the radar? Start with Jordan again. So I'm going to go back to uh, my Jazz. Um, and I think an X Factor in that series is going to be Torrey Craig. I talked about uh, the Jazz potential being unlocked by Mitchell just going supernova. And Torrey Craig is one of the best in, um, players who's just individually defended Donovan this year. He's, he's given him fits. And in games that they played against the Nuggets this year, which the Jazz um, didn't win any games against the Nuggets this year, but they came um, up just short in most of them. But Torrey Craig was, was a main reason why he played great defense on Mitchell, um, forced him to, to pass the ball and f- forced other people to, to beat them. Um, so that's, that kind of explains a bit of the Jazz struggles there. Um, and Torrey Craig's just a guy who's really come from about nowhere. No one really knows about him. Um, and, and the Nuggets are not a great team defensively overall. So Torrey Craig, um, is, his value is going to be um, even more important in a series like that um, because both the Jazz and Nuggets have proven they can, can put up points. So it may come down to, you know, what team is able to get a couple of stops down the stretch. So that's why I'd, I'd say Torrey Craig. Um, and if they were to get by the Jazz, if they're looking at a matchup with the Clippers or some of these other teams in the second round or, or beyond, um, Torrey Craig is going to be defending, you know, other two guards, other wing defenders um, that the Nuggets just don't have uh, many other players to throw at, the likes of Kawhi, Paul George, you know, Harden, et cetera. So um, I think Torrey Craig is a guy that not many people have even heard of. And um, outside of the top two seeds in both conferences, the Nuggets is a recent seed in the West, the team to make an NBA Finals appearance. Um, and if they do that, it's going to be because Torrey Craig plays really well. So, Lenny, what you got? Uh, my guy, the kind of, like, dark horse that nobody's, like, really paying that much attention to, I'd have to say it would have to be Norman Powell because, like, show of hands, how many people knew off the top of their head that that guy's averaging 16 points a game this season? Because until recently, I didn't realize it was that much. But, I mean, when, when you go get into the playoffs and uh, rotations get shortened and, like, the, the starters and, and the starters, like, their minutes go up a little bit, uh, if, if he can take that, like, scoring from, like, 16 a game to, like, like somewhere, like, in that low 20s, like, if he can kind of, like, step up and get hot, like, I think it'll give the, the Toronto Raptors a, a little bit of a boost that, that they could really use in what I think is going to be a really interesting uh, Final Four in the Eastern Conference. Mm. Good stuff. Marcellus, what you got? Um, I've got Monty Morris of the Nuggets. He's the backup point guard uh, as Jamal Murray's, you know, back in the fold. He's starting. Even though he plays a lot of minutes with Jamal Murray, I think that he's the one that steadies the ship. Um, on any team that has a lot of scores like the Nuggets actually have, I feel like you always need that point guard that's going to be able to distribute the ball, make sure everybody's getting their shots, get their touches where they want them. And if somebody does have the hot hand that, you know, somebody's getting them the ball, and I think that he's that guy. Um, I think that over the course of, you know, playoff series, I think that depth is going to really matter as the Nuggets are kind of one of the deeper teams in the playoffs. And I think that he's one of the reasons why, you know, that helps them be so deep. Um, he's very effective in second quarters and third quarters. And I think that that's going to be a real big difference, you know, in the Western Conference playoffs. For sure. For sure. I mean, you can have all the offensive talent that you want, but if you don't have anyone to get them the ball, I mean, it's it, it doesn't matter for anything. Let's go to the next question. What's your, your playoff hot take or prediction? Let's start with uh, Jordan. Uh, 
I'm going to give a couple contradicting ones first and then get to my <laughs> real one. Um, so this Thunder Rocket series is just chock full of storylines. Um, the games are being played right now in terms of who finishes the four or five seed, which as we've found out, home court advantage matters so much in the bubble here. So whether that really matters, you've got the Thunder and the Rocks, you've got Westbrook and Harden playing against their former teams, Chris Paul, et cetera. So um, a series that's matched up two teams that have played really competitive basketball against each other. Uh, I think the uh, odds makers are going to go with the Rockets as a favorite. They've got a little bit more star power um, with Harden and Westbrook on the team. Um, but I like the Thunder to get out of that series. Um, but I will give the caveat, if the Rockets get out of that series and they are able to beat the Thunder, they are a nightmare matchup for the Lakers in the second round, and they will take them to a game seven. Um, but I want to get to my Jazz, because if we're going to go with playoff hot takes here, I guess we are a six seed. I've got the Jazz beating the Nuggets in six. Um, the last time they played, you know, not terribly relevant here, but the last time they played uh, was about eight, nine years ago. It was Darren Williams when he was running the show for the Jazz, and we bounced the Nuggets and Carmelo in six. Um, and that was the same setup. The Jazz were the lower-seeded team. Um, you know, we won on, on our home floor in game six to avoid it um, going back to a seventh game. So here's a couple things that we've got going on. Bojan Bogdanovic is out. I talked about that. But the Jazz have adapted pretty well. Um, their catch-and-shoot three-pointer percentage overall as a team, not just Donovan Mitchell, um, has been tremendous, up, or up around 50% in the bubble, um, which granted it is a small sample. But to be able to hit three-pointers like that has got to be a big confidence booster for a team that last year, um, through advanced metrics, got the best shots of any team in the entire NBA playoffs in their series against the Houston Rockets. The Jazz got wide-open three-pointer after wide-open three-pointer and couldn't catch it in. It wasn't quite the 27 straight missed threes the Rockets had against the Warriors in Game 7 a couple years ago, but over the course of the series, nobody got shots off like the Jazz did. And that's what their offense can do. They may not always have, you know, playmakers and cutting athleticism like a lot of other teams, but they, Quinn Snyder is able to design plays to get that team good open shots, high quality shots. They're going to do a lot of that in this series. You've got Donovan, whose three-point percentages went up. Joe Ingles has always been a, a good three-point shooter. Royce O'Neal can do it on both ends. And you've even got guys like George's Niang off the bench who probably won't get a ton of play, but he shoots 40% from three-point range. So if you get someone who's coming in for eight, ten minutes a game and can put two or three three-pointers down, um, I think that's a big deal in this series. Um, and as I talked about before with my X-Factor, Torrey Craig, if the Nuggets were able to get out of this series, it's going to be because of Torrey Craig because right now the Nuggets rank 22nd, which is dead last, out of 22 teams in the bubble in defense. They have not stopped a soul. They gave up 117 points to the Raptors just the other day in a game that didn't matter. The most semblance of defense they showed was playing a Jazz team um, a couple days ago in a game that went to double overtime. And that is the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause. In this game, the Jazz pods just went dormant and it went stagnant. They hit a ton of three-pointers in that game. And as a matter of fact, they actually set their franchise record for most threes in a game. And in that game, but in the fourth quarter, they went cold and allowed the Nuggets to come back and force the game to overtime. But with all that said, I've still got the Jazz um, getting out with this series. The Jazz have done it over the last couple of years. You know, they've beaten the Thunder in the playoffs uh, a year before that. They beat the Clippers in the first round. They won a game seven at the Staples Center, and they've got, you know, a few of the players still on the team from that, whereas the Nuggets survived against the Spurs team last year in the first round that they were heavily favored over. So I've got the Jazz over the Nuggets to six. Um, 
I guess my hot take is crazy because I feel like my storyline is so blazers that it just seems like I am their biggest fan. Like I was born in Portland or something. But I mean, I feel like the hot take is for the Blazers to win any games. I mean, if we lost to the Grizzlies, people would be like, oh, well, they barely made it in. It's only because of the bubble. So it's like that would even be a hot take. But I truly believe that we're going to beat uh, all these teams in the Western Conference, and that we're going to get to the that we're going to get to the championship game. We're going to, I mean, the championship series, and we're going to win. Now, at the same time, if I had another hot take that I could kind of run on, it might be that the Mavericks would beat the Clippers. That'd probably be my second one, just because of the fact that I feel like the Clippers have not been together, and they don't have that unison that they really need going into a playoff series. Um, I don't. I'm not someone that believes you can turn it off and turn it on. I feel like, you know, just getting Montrezl Harrell back for game one, maybe, you know, we're, we're just anticipating that he's going to be back by game one. Um, and the fact that, you know, Kawhi just doesn't look like himself. And we're talking about Porzingis playing, you know, probably the best basketball that he's played since he's, you know, been back from the recovery. In addition to the fact that Luca's playing out of his mind, it's just like he just gets the game now. I mean, we knew that he was going to be this player, but he's that player that we thought he was going to be um, already. Like, at the peak, like, we thought he was going to be this at 25, and he's that right now at age 20, 21. So, I mean, I feel like all those things bode well in the Mavericks' favor, and if they were going to, you know, make an upset run, it wouldn't really surprise me. Question, question for you, Marcellus. Um, Right now, you know, Dame is obviously playing out of his mind, and, you know, Melo has had 20-point outbursts here and there. You know, CJ has got the back issue. Who do you see kind of stepping up to make that prediction come come to light? You know what I'm saying? As far as them making it to the finals, making it deep in the playoffs. I mean, of course, you know, everybody's going to, you know, point to Gary Trent Jr. Um, I mean, he's shot lights out. I think he's going to continue to shoot lights out. I think that he was going to eventually be that kind of player. And now is just the time when he's kind of arriving. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, as much as I hate to say it, I think that Hassan Whiteside is going to end up being the guy for him. I mean, I, I really believe in Nurkic, but I think that I think that Hassan Whiteside is going to have some big games. I, I don't know what it is, and he hasn't had pretty much barely any this entire season for us. He's been the Hassan Whiteside that we all know and hate, but at the same time, I think that he's going to end up having one or two big games, and it's like, you know what? That's why they got him. You know, these couple of blocks, these few rebounds, they really kind of changed the tide of the games for us, and I think that he's going to be that X factor, you know, of an X factor team. Got you. Got you. So Lenny, what you got? Uh, I mean, I got a lot of takes on like the stuff that these guys are providing, but I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Selene looking like a mystery character on a video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, 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 uh, my camera is like, like bugging. I keep like tapping. I don't know how to get it fixed, but, um, but yeah, so, so I mean, like the first, my first thought is like, especially after hearing Marcellus's take about like the Blazers and the Mavs, like, like if they're both, like how quickly would everybody just like automatically question the validity of the, the playoff bubble if the Western yes. Conference, the two <laughs> LA teams get bounced in the first round? Like, there's, oh my God. Like every, everybody would all, would, would be like, okay, so the bubble's fake. And like wh- whoever ends up being the champion, oh shit. But, um, but yeah, like 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 if the Lakers and Clippers, you know, two of the favorites just get bounced in the first round, like everybody's immediately gonna be like, oh, well, I guess the bubble isn't really that legit. It's not re- like you know, everybody, whoever does win, they'll be like, oh, they won in that bubble year. Remember the Lakers and they got bounced. Like, like yeah, <laughs> I think I think everybody would just question it if that were to happen. I mean, I'd love to see it because like you know, go Mavs. But it 
it ain't gonna happen, man. It ain't in, it ain't in the cards for us. Like like we're just the the. I really wanted us to be able to either move up to the six seed or have the Nuggets move up to the two seed because we're just such a the the Clippers are such a bad matchup for us because really Luca is what drives what what you know makes this engine go and like they have they got Kawhi, Paul George, and Beverly that can all and I guess you could even throw in Marcus Morris as a solid defender so like i mean you they've got just so many options of guys you can at least just throw at luca and if you slow him down we crumble like in order for luca to the, for us to pull this upset like luca has to be playing out of his mind and i mean like i get it porzingis is balling lately but uh, like we're, we're just not quite there because we also don't have defensively the guys who can contain like we have dorian finney smith who can kind of hang with uh paul george and Kawhi, but I mean that's that's one of them. Like our, our next best like perimeter guy, like that gets like significant minutes is Tim Hardaway Jr. And I mean, it, it, how how scary do you think he is defensively? Like with all due respect to him, but like you know, it's, we we just don't like we. It's just not a good matchup for us. Uh, like you know, like but, but we're building. We're, we'll we'll get there eventually. But it's just right now, this time, like not so much. But so my my kind of hot take is that uh and i'll completely contradict this later is that i think that, that the miami Heat could actually make some noise i think that they could actually upset the bucks in the second round because you've got guys okay. like bam jimmy butler jay crowder oh, i'll get you know i'll get some some run guarding Giannis, and then the ultimate x factor we've been talking a lot about x factors but the ultimate x factor for them is duncan robinson because uh miami is plus like 13 and a half points per 100 percent possessions which is in the 98th percentile when he shares the floor with uh Adebayo and Butler but the team is like minus nine points uh per 100 possessions when um Adebayo and Butler play without him so I mean like like and this is gonna be like his first time in the playoffs like getting significant minutes so we'll, we'll have to see how he responds but like if, if he can play the way that he has like all season I think that they that they could upset the the Bucks. Um, because I'll, I also got a little bit of an issue with the Bucks, where if we look back to like last year's playoffs, when teams really started crowding the paint, paint on Giannis, the Bucks turned to Malcolm Brogdon as like their main like kind of ball handler and initiator on offense because like he, he had to respect his, his shot, whereas like teams don't respect uh, Giannis's jumper yet. So I think that that, that that could cause them some problems and, and all that other stuff. I think it adds up to what could potentially be the Bucks getting sent home early. Mm. I like it. I like it. The, the Heat are probably my sleeper team. So we, we got any more thoughts on that? We'll, we'll keep it moving. Um, I believe in Jimmy Butler at all times. So He's a dog. Yeah. Absolute dog. Uh, I mean, just to address Jordan's thing about the, the, um, the Nuggets and Jazz – yeah, the Nuggets and Jazz game. Uh, I think that, like, I, 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 we've mentioned a little – like, I think everybody talks about um, – uh, Murray is like, like, uh, like as if he's like arrived already, and that like he's a consistent <laughs> force that you got to like worry about. But like, I feel like I'm missing something because I feel like, like for as many like, I feel like he's like kind of like a maybe, I don't know, like maybe a fifty-fifty player where like half the time, like maybe one night you get a good game, but then the next night he's gone. Mm. You know, maybe even it's it's a third of the time player kind of where you get one good game and then like two kind of okay or bad games. It's like. I really don't know like what to make of Murray and like people are like counting him as if he's gonna like he's one of the like stars that can help drive them to in this series but like I, I don't I'm not there yet because I, I I don't know what he is yet 
best avail the best ability is availability. You know, that's kind of the name of the game sometimes, especially in the NBA. Your conference finals and NBA finals prediction. Uh, I got chalk going through. Um, I've got the top two seats getting by uh, Bucks Raptors in the East. Um, so rematch from last year, and then the uh, Battle of LA, um, and then the conference finals. Um, I just I don't see any teams overall that I feel have a realistic chance. I, I believe in the Nuggets a little bit, but I, I do think they have a tough first round matchup that even if they get through would tire them out enough um, before they match up with the Clippers um, in a semifinal matchup. And I, I just think the top four teams are clearly delineated mostly because of star power. Um, the Raptors being the one notable exception, um, but they showed they could win it all last year. Um, I mean, granted, they had Kawhi, but the Raptors are just a team that's incredibly well coached, um, and they've been overachieving for the last five years. I know we did a, uh, a look at the preseason a year or two ago, and they were the one team um, for the last three years. We, I'd looked it up. They had um, beat their, um, their Vegas uh, under win total for each season. They were the only team in the NBA that had done that, and I'm pretty sure they did that. Well, they would have done this year without, um, without the bubble and everything. They're a very good team, regardless of whether they have, um, you know, necessarily a superstar. But I think um, this playoffs is just going to further cement Pascal Siakam's um, ascent to superstardom. Um, so, yeah, Bucks, Raptors, Lakers, Clippers. Got you. What you got, Marcellus? Um, as you know, I've got Blazers Heat in the finals. Um, I think that the Heat are built to win a championship. I feel like they have all of the pieces that you need. They've got shooting. They've got good guard play. They've got bigs. Um, they play great defense. And I think that Jimmy Butler's maybe not a superstar, but he's in that caliber of player that can, you know, be the lead guy on a championship team. So I feel like that would be my team to, you know, be the dark horse to at least make a championship run. But at the same time, I feel like the Blazers are a dark horse. Um, I've already said that I feel like the Grizzlies are baby food for us. Um, anytime that you kind of, you know, you, it's cold outside and, you you know, you drive somewhere, you run in the house real quick, you leave your car on, and then you get right back in it. It's almost like I feel like that's what it's going to be like playing against the Grizzlies. It's not like we're really having a challenge. We're just leaving the car warm. We're going to roll right through them. We're going to get to the Lakers. I have no clue who's going to guard Damian Lillard. Um, I don't think that they have a clue either. He's going to torch them for 40 a game. Um, we're going to roll through them, and then we're going to get to the Rockets. Like I said, it's probably going to end up being Russell Westbrook. Hopefully he's healthy by then so we can really see a good matchup. We're going to smack them around because he can't guard Damian Lillard. Um, and that's really what I'm rolling on, as you know. I'm rolling on Damian Lillard. And I feel like they don't have a big that can even even hold Nurkic's jockstrap. So now you're going to throw him in there. you got white side that's going to end up scoring a lot of points because of the fact that they're being guarded by P.J. Tucker and, I mean, Daniel House or whoever else they got that's going to try to be a big man. Um, and then we're going to end up getting to either the Clippers or potentially the Mavs if my dark horse, second dark horse pick, you know, ran well. Um, but regardless, I think that the Blazers are going to end up getting to the finals where we beat the Heat. But I think that I'm going to have two dark horses in the finals, and hopefully Vegas uh, works with me on this one. Tyler, I got something for you. All right. I mean, so, like, I think that, like, in the West, I'm like, as Jordan is, I'm pretty chalky here. Like, I think it's going to be the battle for L.A. in the West. Like, I mean, just just looking at, like, like kind of round by round, like, I, I think that the Blazers are going to have, like, the, the problem with the Lakers of, like, who's guarding Braun. Like, that's kind of been their Achilles heel all season is that they don't have, like, wing defenders. Who would have thought that losing Al Farouk Aminu was going to be so important? But, I mean, here we are. <laughs> uh, I think that the – and then after that, like, then after that, I think they'll probably play, like, Oklahoma City, like, 
because I got them winning that next round. And then from there, like, who does uh, Gallinari cover? Does he cover AD because they like to play a, a center, so he plays four, so you got Gallinari on him? Or what if the Lakers decide, you know what, let's really get have some fun, put AD at center, put Braun at the four, and now all of a sudden Gallinari's got to guard him. Like, that, that, that was going to be quick work. Uh, the Clippers, I mean, I already addressed why I think that they'll beat my beloved Mavs. But then, like, in the next round, like, the the Nuggets would have, like, the who I think will ultimately beat the Jazz. Uh, I think that they'll have, like, the same problem that we have with the Clippers, where we just don't have enough guys that can lock down their perimeter guys, like Kawhi, um, uh, Paul George, and, and Lou Williams. Like, they have guys who can, like, they, they can throw at him, But, I mean... Don't don't underestimate like how Gary Harris and Wilton Barton are are a little bit banged up coming into the, these playoffs, but uh, but yeah, so I think that they just they're not going to be able to lock them down. And then when we get to the conference finals, um, while I think that LeBron and AD are kind of like the better like duo, I think that the uh, the gap between them and like the the Clippers top duo and like their supporting cast, I think that the Clippers are like their supporting cast is just so much better than the Lakers supporting cast to kind of make up for that like slight difference. Um, so, and I mean, if that's not enough, like insert that little gif of like LeBron's reaction when he sees Kawhi Leonard is checking into the game. Back in the <laughs> I mean, so, so for that reason, I got the Clippers getting to the, to the finals. And then in, in the East, I feel like like the early rounds, like it's going to be relatively the chalky there. Um, and, but I think it really gets interesting in the, those, those second-round matchups where, like, uh, you know, like I, like I mentioned before, where I, have, I do think that there is a path where the Heat could pull this off and beat the Bucks. although, honestly, like, give me the Bucks. But uh, – and then on the other, in the other matchup, I think it's going to be an, an, an awesome philosophical battle where the, uh, the Celtics and Raptors face off, and you're going to have, like, the, the matchup of depth versus stars like the Raptors having the depth but the better depth but the Celtics having better stars I think that one will be super interesting but um ultimately I think that the Bucks defense and like their shooting is is just a little bit much and that'll get them into the uh I, I like the I, the concept of Giannis's driving kick threes uh being more important than Tatum iso mid-range so for that reason give me the Bucks and then in the finals um this is where I got I got some fun stats for you that I don't know if you've heard before, but uh, if we look back to last year in the conference finals when um, Giannis and Leonard faced off there, Leonard averaged thirty points, nine and a half rebounds, four assists, you know, a couple steals, a block uh, per game, and although Giannis's numbers were down like a little bit compared to where he usually is with uh, about twenty three points, thirteen rebounds, and five assists a game, but most significantly when Kawhi was guarding him. Uh, Giannis was 7 to 20, so 35% from the field. And the Bucks scored 99 points in the roughly, like, 100 possessions that uh, Leonard was guarding Giannis, which is, you know, well below, like, their usual level of efficiency. And, like, if, if you're able to, like, knock off their offense like that, uh, I think it's going to be pretty significant. So, for that reason, clips and six. Mm. I, uh, at the beginning of the season, I, I took Bucks Lakers, and I still think it's going to play out that way, even though I do, I do like the Miami Heat. Um, you know, we, we've been giving them a lot of love on this podcast, but I just think their mix of, of perimeter defenders and with uh, some of the elite shooters they have on the wing, and then uh, this could be, you know, Bam's coming out party. Um, I just think right now the Bucks have a more balanced team. They've had a pretty terrible showing uh, so far in the bubble. I think they were three and five, if, if memory serves. So 
Um, I think the Bucks will still get by them. Um, you know, in 2008, the Celtics really struggled down the series, down the the end of the season. They were resting a lot of their guys, and you know, guys were in out of shape and not not really feeling the roles. But you know, they put it all together, and I think the Bucks can can still do that. Um, but I I still think it's going to be LeBron's year as far as I mean, the the guy looks like he's in tip top shape right now. Um, the guys around him, I mean, we we got to give him his flowers eventually for for making you know, revitalizing all these careers, you know, uh, in, in Cleveland, in Miami, and, and now in LA, you know, some of the guys that they've picked up. Um, I, I want to talk about the Celtics real quick though, and kind of get your guys thoughts on it. Cause you know, I think that, that they might, uh, get by the Sixers. I think people are sleeping on the Sixers now that, that Simmons is out. And I think one of their biggest problems during the regular season was, you know, the Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons thing. And, you know, now that Ben Simmons is unfortunately out, I feel like that may open up uh, this to be, you know, the time that Joel Embiid takes over and finally gets back at Chuck and Shaq, you know, for all of the uh, all the mess they've been talking. So um, let's let's talk about that real quick. And then also the next series, you know, they're potentially probably going to play the Raptors after that. What you guys got? Yeah, I'll take that first. Um, so my my second. Uh under the radar X factor was Daniel Theus for the, for the Celtics. Um, because the only way I see the Sixers making that a series is by Joel Embiid just going off. Um, and I haven't seen any recent injury updates. Um, you know, I don't know how, what the severity of that was, but it seems like he was going to hopefully be okay for the playoffs. Um, but if assuming he is okay and in full health, he is just going to obliterate Ennis Cantor, um, who I, I don't remember the last time he ever played defense. So, um, it's going to be Daniel Theus. It's going to be his job to, to slow down um, Joel Embiid. And, and to Aaron's point, I think there is there is a good chance that you could see a vastly uh, different and vastly improved Sixers team without Ben Simmons there. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to write a team off after um, you lose a star like that. But the Sixers have – that's the good thing about the, the way they built their team through the soft season is that they have – enough other star power and maybe not having Simmons there allows Embiid um, to, to just blossom in that role and allows guys like Tobias Harris and, and Al Horford um, to, to step into new roles as well. Um, so I, I think the Sixers are, are a team that is getting slept on. Um, I do think the Celtics will get by them. Um, but I, I, I think they're a team that, that could make some noise, um, you know, given, given the right situation, if Embiid can really just capitalize on things. Um, I know we've talked about the Celtics, you know, potentially, and a lot of people talk about the Celtics going deep in the playoffs, but one thing that I don't think the Celtics truly have um, is a leader. I think that they're still a young team. I think that Jason Tatum is an extremely talented player. I think that Jalen Brown is a dog. Marcus Smart is a great defensive player, but I don't think that they really have that leader. Um, you know, Kimball Walker uh, has probably played just as many playoff games as Jason Tatum. And he has, you know, damn sure hasn't been deeper than Jason Tatum into, in the playoffs. So, I mean, he can be their leader, but how much of a leader is that? I don't think they really have that coach on the floor. And I think that that's what's going to be what, you know, holds them back. Um, comes the end, you know, come the end of fourth quarter games, if they're playing a team like the Raptors, if they're playing a team like even the Heat. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to be able to, you know, really push through those fourth quarters and really, you know, kind of execute down the stretch. I don't, I don't believe in their team to do that. So, I don't think that they're going to get to the finals. Um Eastern Conference Finals, maybe, but I still think that's a stretch. I think that, you know, they'll be able to handle the 76ers, but that's because I don't believe in the 76ers point guard play. 
Um, I think that Shake Milton, you know, turns the ball over a little bit too much. And I think that he's young, you know, having the ball in his hands down the stretch in the fourth quarters. But regardless, um, you know, the question was about the Celtics. And I don't think that they're going any deeper than the Eastern Conference Finals. And like I said, even that would be a stretch for them, to, you know, to make it through. Wait, so for this question, are we talking about, like, just the Celtics in general for the playoffs? Or yeah. are we talking about it for their, their matchup against the Sixers with – Just in the playoffs. Oh, and the, the playoffs, it's like – I mean, yeah, like, I get it. I mean, I'm not the biggest believer in the Celtics either, but, I mean uh, – but, yeah, I mean, it, who really knows, man? This bubble's going to be weird. Something weird is going to happen that nobody's been expecting. Like, it, it just kind of fits. Like, it's 2020. Weird stuff's going down all around. If The, the Suns won 8-0. No. Like, I mean, th things couldn't get weird enough for the Suns to make the dance. But, like, like that would have been a little too crazy, even for 2020. But, but I mean, like, like it, it fitting with this year, if, like, the Celtics find a way to, to make it to the finals or whatever, like – my jaw's not going to be on the floor. Like, my eyebrow might be raised, but, like, my jaw's not going to be on the floor, if that makes sense. I just think that the the wing depth, you know, they got three great small forwards that I, I don't think any of them is a, a primary guy. And I think at some point in the playoffs, that's going to rear its head. I got one last question for Marcellus, too, because you got a lot of belief in the Blazers. Let, let's talk about their first-round matchup. You know, you're talking about who's going to guard Dame. Well, who's going to guard LeBron and who's going to guard AD? All right, so – I am so glad that you circle back around him because I didn't see that one coming, Aaron. You're my guy for that. All right, so the last time that they played, right, LeBron had 22, 10, and 8, about what he's doing in the bubble, right? Sounds about, you know, typical LeBron-ish. Um, AD had 37, 16, and 6 assists. Typical kind of AD, you know, monster game when, you know, he's being guarded by someone like Nurkic or, you know, a lazy defender like Whiteside. Kyle Kuzma, their X Factor, had 17 points, 15 rebounds. Hell of a game for him. That's what you would want for Kyle Kuzma, right? Rondo played. Uh, Avery Bradley started. Um, Danny Green had five it, points. All that to be said, we beat them by eight. You know why we beat them by eight? Because Dame had 48, 10, and nine. And so <laughs> all of that, <laughs> that's the last time we played them. We've gotten better. They've gotten worse. I don't think there's anything else to discuss here. We're going to beat the shit out of the Lakers, and it's probably going to go six games. It doesn't Not matter even seven. Okay, Skip. He's going to guard himself. He's going to limit himself to 22 points, and he needs to score 38 to stop us. If they're going to beat us, he needs to have 30-something a game. And I'm not, I'm not think, I don't think that LeBron's going to have 30-something a game. So I have us beating them just like we did last time. Who's guarding LeBron? Um, let's see. Who's going to guard LeBron? I think it's probably going to end up being – Mellow. It's going to be a lot of – <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Melo. <laughs> it's going to have, it's gonna have to be Who, Who's Melo? Actually, that's another question I got. Who's Melo going to guard? Like, wh wh who do you put him on? Do you it's put gonna, him on AD? Like, wh where's he going? But see, this is this is the thing that I continue to tell you about LeBron. LeBron is not going to, like, nine times out of ten, he's not going to outscore you. Like, he's not going to beat you scoring the ball. Like, he, he didn't beat the Warriors scoring the ball. He beat the Warriors because he scored enough and then Kyrie scored a lot. LeBron is not going to – if you if you single guard LeBron – Let's say that he ends up scoring 40. It's not going to be enough because you're going to guard everybody else enough that they don't necessarily score too many points. If you, be, if you make LeBron have to beat you scoring the ball, I think that you're going to win the game, and that's why the Warriors win those championships. If LeBron was Kobe, Kobe would have had 60 a game if you're going to single guard him. LeBron is not going to go for 60 a game because he doesn't have that – he has a cap on his scoring ability. 
So therefore, I think that's going to be what ends up happening. Whoever is guarding LeBron, they're going to throw some doubles at him. They're going to try to make it difficult. But he's going to have his way. He's going to end up averaging probably 29. And they're going to end up losing because it's not going to be enough. They're going to need to ha have him score probably 35 to 36 points a game. And I don't see him doing it. <laughs> you think, so you're saying well, that they're going to play the old Warriors philosophy of let LeBron get his, but don't let anybody else eat. And then, then we'll see what happens. Right. I think that that's enough. And I, I mean, that's why we beat them the last time. It was pretty much, you know, we're going to like try to stop AD. We can't. He's going to go crazy. We're going to let LeBron do what he does. Oh, he's going to get a triple-double. That's cool and all. But if you want to let LeBron eat, does that mean you will put Melo on, Brian? Exactly. And that's why I think that it's acceptable to put, I mean, uh, put uh, Melo on Bron because he can let him score 29, get his 10 rebounds, get his 14 assists. And it's going to look great like he played hard, but they needed him to score 38. They needed him to score those points in the clutch at the end of the game. And I don't see him doing it. I think he's going to throw it to AD. AD is going to miss a couple shots. And Dame's going to come back, shoot from the logo, and we're going to win games. I think that all of those games are going to be close. And at the end of the game, I don't believe Anthony Davis is a killer. LeBron is not a killer. I don't care what nobody tells me. And <laughs> now, now, now what are you, what are you, where are you in? Swing it to Danny Green and hope he hits a shot? I mean, you can pray on that all you want, but I, I don't think that's going to get answered. So I got us beating them in six. Well, I can't say I necessarily agree with that, but I certainly uh, can appreciate the uh, optimism. And I will say this, if uh, LeBron gets bounced in the first round as a one seed, that would do uh, wonders for his overall uh, standing in the greatest player of all time debate. So hey, let's touch on that, Aaron. We got time. <laughs> <laughs> Katie's not playing this year, man. <laughs> I don't know why you think. No, no, because you split that into group chat. I don't stand for KD. I just think that he was the best player in the world at a point in time. I think he was when he went down. And I think he's still What the hell? You trying, trying, trying to throw me in the group chat as a stand? But anyways, my bad. Let me get us off topic. <laughs> you good. You good. All right, guys. Uh, hey, let people. me hit my finals picks. Go for it. Let me hit my finals pick. Yeah. So, um, Selenia already stole my thunder. I was just doing the conference finals, but I, I've got just about the same thing as Tyler. Um, I've got the clips over the Bucks, but I got it going seven. Um, that's my preseason prediction. So I see no reason to uh, change from that now. I just think you have to have superstars overall, one if not two, to to win a title um, in today's league, um, and that's what you see from from the top contenders for titles now with Kawhi. Uh, Paul George, LeBron, AD, you see it with Giannis. Um, again, we, I talked about the Raptors earlier. They don't necessarily have a star, but they have a system that works, and Pascal Siakam is very close to being a star. Um, I, I just think this um, playoffs here, um, playoffs are huge for Paul George. Um, he's had a, a history of not always showing up in the playoffs. Um, he's wanted to dub himself a playoff P, but uh, – there's a uh, time that uh, my uh, background, Joe Ingles, ate his lunch money in a playoff series. Um, and even before that, like, he stepped up and played well for the Pacers, um, you know, when he first came in the league and was going up against LeBron's Heat teams. Um, but Paul George really pulled some power moves with Kawhi this past summer and, you know, had all of the NBA on a string. So, it's to me, it's put up or shut up time for this guy. Like, he's got to win a title. And if I'm not mistaken about their contract structure, they signed four-year deals, but I thought they had opt-outs after two years. So, you know, if the Clips get where they need to be this year, that just puts a ton of added pressure on them next year to make that work because they mortgaged the farm to go out and, and make those deals to get Kawhi and Paul George this offseason. 
Um, it was a tremendous gamble, and I think it's one that's going to land him a title because besides those two stars, they just have the best supporting cast around them. Uh, you talk about Beverly, uh, Lou Williams, as long as he stays away from any side trips to Atlanta, uh, Montrez Harrell. You've got so many other guys. I mean, they added Marcus Morris um, in the season. Um, I just think their depth is going to be tough for the Lakers to match. I think over the last couple of years, Kawhi has really shown that he is just an absolute killer and he will stare LeBron down. And he's, in my mind, the only guy in the game that can do that right now. He is with Durant being injured. Um, he's the only guy in the game that can just go mano a mano with LeBron and hold his own, if not beat him. Um, so I'm taking the Clippers. Um, in terms of the Bucks making the finals this year, I, I think you've got an incredibly motivated team. Um, you know, they were up 2-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Um, they had everything going their way until the Raptors just kind of changed everything around with the momentum of that series. Um, Giannis is – he tastes that, that finals. He tastes that championship. He, he wants to be there. And, again, there's just a lot of pressure on that team because if he doesn't get there the next year, is he walk into the Warriors, which I would hate to see, but is he, is he walk into a big market in free agency? I, I think the Bucks, like you said earlier, whether it's an 08 Celtics redux, um, you know, kind of taking some time off here at the end of the season and just acclimating to the bubble, I, I think they're going to come out hungry. Um, they're a top seed. I think they're going to live up to their billing. Um, but in the end, I think Kawhi's a killer, and I think he gets him a title. So clips over Bucks in seven. I got a question. I'm gonna because I mean you brought up that Paul George is it's kind of put over shut up time for him, but like also do you think that maybe a little bit that maybe like some people in the back of their minds might be like maybe whispering about like doesn't Kawhi Leonard also kind of got to like put up or shut up because if he wants to be like mentioning like that elite like top three or even the top the top one like players in the league, like I mean like doesn't he kind of have to like go off and like really show off like again this year, kind of do it again this year, like he did last year, because people will look back last year and be like, Oh, well, I mean, the only reason he won is because like everybody on the Warriors got hurt. Otherwise he wouldn't have got that race. So do you think that like, maybe, maybe some people are thinking that. It's fair. I mean, sure. Maybe some people are, um, I don't think it's an opinion that I would have, nor do I think it's really a fair opinion. I mean, the guy reps new balance shoes, like, I don't know that he necessarily cares about being viewed as, you know, the top one or two player in the league. He had a historic playoff run last year and he took the Raptors to a title. Um, I mean, I do think there's pressure when you uh, sign on to a super team like the Clippers and you recruit Paul George to go there. Um, I, I think there's tremendous pressure on the Clippers. It was clearly a move that was made so they could win, you know, the famous not one, not two, et cetera. They, they want to win multiple championships. So I, there's a little bit of pressure there, but I don't think it's anything like what Paul George is handling because what has Paul George ever done in the playoffs? Like, he's made an Eastern Conference Finals or something? He, he takes game winners in the eye. I mean, that's about all he's done. <laughs> but also, like, another, another kind of philosophical question, something that I really – I just kind of, like – noticed i don't know if it's a coincidence but lately i've kind of noticed and you think that maybe teams are moving away from that like three superstar like blueprint and moving to a two superstar one where they can then fill it out with a bunch of good role players because like you look around the league like look at the clippers they got their two superstars then a bunch of good role players the lakers got Bron and ad and then a bunch of like good role players and like and uh the bucks Giannis and middleton and then a bunch of good role players it's like does do you think that this is maybe like kind of like mm -hmm. a a, a sneaky little thing that we're trending to? I mean, I feel like that makes I mean sense. nothing's really new under the sun. So 
I mean, it was two players back, you know, how long ago? Like, and then it, you know, became a, you know, one player league. The NBA was trying to give everybody their own team with guys like Iverson and others. And then next thing you know, and then we end up at this, you know, three star, you know, three headed monster kind of league. And then we're back at the two head. So I feel like there's nothing new under the sun. Um, I think that it's the easiest way because with those three guys, you end up spending so much money on your team and gutting your roster that it's not really efficient for building a franchise. So I think that if you got two guys and role players, only five are on the court at a time. So I feel like that's the most effective way to truly build a team. But I mean, I don't get paid the big bucks to be an NBA GM, but it seems like that's the most effective way in my opinion. Okay, That's definitely where I was going to take it, Marcellus, uh, the salary cap. Um, Okay. or just the salary structure in terms of the super maxes and all that sort of stuff. I just, I don't think it's very feasible to be able to pay three guys, you know, super max, you know, top, top level dollars. And I think, you know, the Warriors are going to stumble into it this year because they're going to get a very high traffic. I think the most important capital in the NBA that you can get besides being in a big market to attract superstars there is getting just tremendous talents on rookie contracts. And the Warriors are going to stumble into that because they happen to get a bunch of injury luck this year. So, I mean, that's good for them and their fans, but not many teams are afforded that opportunity. It's just, you know, a roll of the dice. Um, so, yeah, if you can get, you know, one or two of those guys, and that's where you've seen some of these teams be organically built through draft picks, high draft picks with Simmons and Embiid. And you can see that's allowed the Sixers to go out and sign a bunch of other high-priced talent. Al Horford, Tobias Harris, J.J. Redick, et cetera. Um, you can argue, you know, whether that was the best use of their money, but they had the financial flexibility to do that because they had two bona fide studs on rookie contracts, which made them manageable to pay. For sure. And I'm on 1% on my phone. I'm not even going to hold you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That sounds like a good way to end it. Marcellus, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, at the Legit CEO, check out LegitStats.com. Legit Sports Stats, best stat service in the country. Yes, sir. Jordan? I'm at below underscore LC. Um, I don't tweet too much. I kind of lurk. Um, <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with one last stat um, that, I, that I lost on that whole Jazz Nuggets series that I wanted to drop out there. Um, okay. So I like to present both sides of the story. Uh, Mike Conley's wife is – um, pregnant and she is expecting the due date is on what would be game six of the jazz Nuggets series august 27th so just something to consider if you're uh, trying to think how that series is going to play through mike conley might be making an exit from that series uh as it kind of reaches its conclusion so that's what i got go on solani what about you I mean, that series might be over before that kid comes out but uh you can find me on uh on twitter at uh at the T-S-O-L-L-E-N-N-E if you want to bother with it. I don't, I don't really tweet much. I also kind of lurk, like maybe if you're sitting on the toilet, it gives you something to do. But that, that's about all I use Twitter for. All right, guys, this is fun. We got to get together uh, maybe midway through the playoffs or after the sun. Appreciate the time. All right. Take it easy, Good boys. Good deal. All right, John. All right, John. Giannis, we got a spot for you. Come through. <laughs>